Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Monday, March 21st. We've got a great show coming up for you today. Happy National Countdown Day. Who uh, Who's counting down the days for their summer vacations? I certainly am. Uh, maybe you've got some spring break trips coming up and you're counting down for that. So I'm, I'm jealous if you do. But uh, before we bring on today's guest, a couple of events for my travel advisor listeners out there. Do you want to improve your villa bookings? Be sure to tune into the Rental Escapes webinar, March 29th at 2 p.m. Eastern for more information on how to earn high commissions on villa bookings. You can register at www.travelpulse.com backslash webinars, and you can also check out a lot of our on-demand webinars there as well. Speaking of high commissions, luxury travel holds the key to big books, so advisors definitely want to plan now to attend the Luxury Travel Expo on April 20th and 21st. You can register at virtualtravelevents.com. And now joining me on the show today is Emily Berlanti, owner of Vita Berlanti Travel. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Yes, thank you so much uh, for having me. How are you doing? I'm well, yeah. It's good uh, on this fine Monday here. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, of course. So my name is Emily Berlanti. And as Eric said, I am the owner of Vita Berlanti Travel. I started my career selling advertising at TripAdvisor. And um, I've been in the industry since 2012 and launched Vita Berlanti Travel a few years ago. And it's just been absolute heaven ever since. I absolutely love working with new clients and just designing the excuse me, the most incredible trips for them. Awesome. Yeah. You specialize in, in Europe. So we're, we're going to talk a little bit about Europe travel. That's kind of the theme of this week's show. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening out there, let's dive into what has been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we are going to kick things off with, with some cruise news. Um, late on Friday, kind of quietly too, the CDC, they announced some changes to their COVID-19 program for cruise ships. Uh, cruise lines can now return to offering passenger interactive experiences that were previously under suspension. So this means things such as galley tours and cooking classes, mixology contests, and other, you know, quote, behind the scenes events, if you will, are free to resume. And uh, there's no longer any ship uh, capacity limits at ports. So also the requirements for physical distancing during shore excursions are changed to a recommendation instead of a requirement. So CDC doing a lot of different uh, recommendations out there versus requirements. They've been having a lot of recommendations over the last two years, as we all know. Uh, so between this, you know, and the CDC cruise updates, and they also have their very um, high risk travel alert levels, level twos, threes, fours, all that stuff um, to various destinations around the world. My question to you, Emily, is do you think uh, travelers actually care about the CDC's travel warnings or guidelines? Do you hear that uh, any thoughts of that um, from clients when they talk to yeah. you about things? Curious. Yeah, I think I think one thing to think about too is just some food for thought. Uh, the last I checked, the U.S. Uh, was a level four, and the same goes for so many other countries in the world. And I think that you know, I think that people are taking into consideration the warnings and the guidelines. And they're still practicing caution, but I just don't think that at this point it's deterring people from traveling. I think that people just want to get out there. They want to cruise. They want to. You know, they want to travel how they want to travel at this point. I agree. Yeah. I mean, we post the stories, you know, when there's updates because we were a travel news website and that's what we do. And people are interested in them. People read them. Um, we get a lot of uh, I only see the hate comments, if if you will, on Facebook when we, we do our Facebook posts about the different updates of if there's, you know, 
sometimes the CDC or the State Department will drop like, you know, 20 updates on one day type of thing. So we just kind of round things up. And then, you know, there's some interesting hate comments on that. And and we did have a, a column last week from one of our writers about, you know, posing this very question, do, do people care? And uh, that generated, you know, again, a lot of the haters out there against people who are hating on the CDC for that. But I mean, I, I, I think it's, you know, it's you make of it what you will type of thing. It is a recommendation um, for especially for the destination stuff. You know, they've had requirements for cruise lines that had to had to have abided by and everything. And that's why cruise lines didn't sail for a year and everything. So now, you know, cruising is pretty much back in the mix and, and fine and everything. But yeah, it's it's interesting to to see what various people think about that or if clients bring it up at all. Yeah. Yeah. My, my clients, of course they ask. Um, but at, for the most point, I think that everyone's just excited to try and get back out and travel and they're just doing it with caution and responsibly. Absolutely. Yeah. And in other cruise news out there, just to quickly round up this sector of stuff, um, Katy Perry was named the godmother of the new Norwegian Prima cruise ship and a Royal Caribbean launched a new hotel booking engine. Um, so Emily, I know you don't sell a lot of cruises, but I'm curious, uh, which one do you find more interesting here? So I think that they're both very interesting, but I have to go with, uh, Katy Perry. I think that it's an exciting time for Norwegian to be launching, you know, this new class of ship. I think it's like their first new one in almost 10 years. And so to be doing that in Iceland with Katy Perry, I just think that sounds like such a good time. Sign me up. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I was fascinated by this as well, just because it is such a big name. Um, the celebrity godmothers of Christmas, sometimes, you know, godmothers of ships aren't celebrities. It's regular uh, people in the industry and stuff. I, I don't want to say regular people, not that, that uh, I'm not trying to select them in any way, but, you know, they're not household names like a Katy Perry or um, yeah. Helen Mirren are out there or anything like that. So I, I found this very interesting as well because it was Katy Perry and her stature and everything. So it's I'm curious to know where they go from here as far as, you know, godmothers of future clips, uh, uh, ships on this class, because it is a, such a big name. And I wonder, you know, how does that play into your marketing and how are you trying to, uh, what guests are you trying to get aboard? Um, I guess just more notoriety for Norwegian. So I'm, I'm all for that. I think that's pretty good. I, I like Norwegian. I like Royal Caribbean too. Honestly, I'm a little surprised that this has not been done before by them, I guess. Um, so it's powered by Priceline. Uh, just a little more information about this. Powered by Priceline. They're going to offer exclusive rates with thousands of hotels in every departure and arrival port served by the cruise line, including those in the Caribbean, Europe, Asia Pacific, and North, South, and Central America. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people will jump on that. It's a good offering for sure. But yeah, um, listeners out there, let me know. Podcast at TravelPulse.com curious what you find more interesting um other travel advisors out there who sell cruises predominantly how do you feel about this royal caribbean uh, hotel booking engine uh, i'm curious your thoughts there as well so uh that that wraps up on the, the cruise sector of things so we'll segue over to airline news now and a lot has been happening wow. there um airline ceos say that travel demand is soaring despite higher airfare we had the delta ceo uh, came out this past weekend and agreed that the cost of oil is going to impact ticket prices. So, uh, Emily, mm-hmm. higher ticket prices out there, but people are still on the move. Not so surprising yeah. with all this pent-up demand, right? People are still going. Um, not surprising at all. And I think that what's happening here is that people are just adjusting their wallets accordingly. If you think about it, too, people, or most, maybe who haven't been traveling this the past two years or especially last year as well have been stocking away cash, um, you know, since COVID started. So I think that there has, you know, some elements of it where people maybe do have a little bit more to spend and they're spending that on airfare because they want to get to get to be, and they need to, 
Um, they need to pay that, that higher price and they're fine with it. Um, I'm being very transparent with my clients on what to expect as well. So whenever we start those initial conversations and, you know, we, we, we chat numbers, it's the expectation is that airfare is just going to be incredibly high this year. And we don't know when that's going to change. So just kind of plan accordingly. Um, I was actually speaking to a honeymoon couple the other day and, you know, we were going back and forth between different cabins on Delta and they ended up just splurging for the Delta one. And to justify it, they, you know, they said, we just need to stop ordering in and we have to cook. Um, and I thought that was really funny and just kind of an interesting way to, to, to navigate the higher prices. Yeah. You taking a part of their home life and figuring out how can I make my travel experience that much better by adjusting yeah. things I do on the day to day. That's, that's a great mindset to have for that couple out there, especially yeah. a honeymoon couple on that. So kudos to them. Um, I hope they can cook well, <laughs> but you know, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the higher ticket prices, it's just a thing that we're going to have to deal with, I think for all of 2022. And you like to hope that, you know, there will still be deals out there. I mean, there always are. It's just, you gotta have to be savvy about mm -hmm. it and more so, you know, that's why I always say work with a travel advisor. You know, they can help kind of guide you in those act um, to find some of the deals when they are gonna be few and far between, I think this year. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully 23 and beyond, we'll get back to a normal sense there. But right now you just kind of have to roll with it, but it it's not stopping people from going, you know? The yeah. um, Airlines Reporting Corporation, they actually revealed in their latest data that um, the Travel agency air ticket sales totaled $5.4 billion in February of 2022, which is a remarkable 253% year-over-year increase from February 21, and uh, it's the highest uh, sales total mark since pre-pandemic, since February of 2020, back when we knew so little about the coronavirus and how much our lives would be changed over the next few years. But uh, So that's really great news to see on that front is a lot of money being spent there and other great news in the airline industry is the TSA is investing $781 million in new x-ray scanners. Hallelujah. Let's get this TSA process Hallelujah. smooth, right? Right. I'm, I'm all for this. I know that the Atlanta international security, um, line has a couple of these new scanners in place and it basically, you know, no removing the liquids, no removing the laptops. I'm all for that as far as a seamless transition there. These are going to start rolling out in the summertime. So it'll be interesting to see. It's supposed to be every major U.S. airport. So let's see how that goes over the summer, you know, before the for the really busy time period kicks in. But um, I love this. I do, too. Yeah, I, I think do you get a lot of complaints of uh, security stuff from from clients or did you have to like guide people into um, hey, make sure you, you, you know, the old adage of like show up to the airport, but two hours beforehand. And, and I think of the last yeah. few months, people have been saying like three hours, depending on where you're at or whatever. But how much does that come up yeah. when you talk to clients? You know, it, it does. Um, so the great thing about um, Vita Volante Travel is that we, we have an air team who's dedicated to booking oh, um, nice. travel for our clients. And it's definitely whenever we're going through that process and we're booking the flights, the conversation comes up about making sure you're giving yourself plenty of time. And I think lately another conversation we're having is, you know, if I'm not getting that TSA pre-check number from them when we're arranging their tickets, it's, you know, do you not have TSA pre-check? Like, let's make sure you get that because it will make your life so much easier. Um, but definitely, you know, those conversations about timing are really important. Um, you know, anyone I think, you know, so I live in Brooklyn and, and either I'm going to JFK or Newark and, 
the lines have just been incredibly long, even TSA pre, to be honest. So um, I'm looking forward to to seeing the benefits of, you know, of where these dollars are going. So um, all good things. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The Atlanta airport has been crazy at times. If I can, um, if I'm not driving there myself and parking for, you know, domestic air travel and if I'm just getting like a Lyft or Uber to the airport, I will actually go to yeah. the international terminal first and go through security there because it's such an easier experience. One, because they, yeah. a few of them have these new scanners and also because not many people are doing international travel right now. But I would do that before uh, pre-pandemic times. It's usually it's just a, a quicker process because the yeah. uh, security line in the domestic is just a... It's a shit show at times. <laughs> yeah, that's a good trick. That's a good trick. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's my Some, go-to. <laughs> if I can save time. I do actually love spending time in airports. Um, I'm weird like that, I guess, if, if that's a weird thing. But okay. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I love airports, <laughs> so I don't mind actually getting there early. I just don't love standing in line. But then again, who does? So, um, I guess, yeah, I guess the people who, who want, you know, brand new iPhones and wait hours and hours for, <laughs> I guess those people like anyone, I don't know. But. Yeah, exactly. Right, so <laughs> moving over to destination news, we've got more destinations, relaxing COVID protocol. So all good news here. I love that this sectum, uh, sector of the, the segment of this podcast here. And when I talk about destination news is all positive stuff now. So we've got Canada, <laughs> Cambodia, yes. Thailand, Vietnam, Chile, Antigua and Barbuda, Aruba, Italy, just to name a few actually this morning. Uh, Hong Kong just announced that they are lifting the ban on international flights so U.S. Americans can travel into Hong Kong. I think there's still some quarantine rules on that, but a lot of different destinations uh, just in the last week. So, Emily, which one excites you the most here? And I'm going to say which one excites you the most here besides Italy, because that's probably the obvious one since you sell it the most. (laughs) So I'm actually most excited about Thailand and Vietnam. I am excited because it's just a a good thing to start to see Asia beginning to ease restrictions. And I'm just hopeful that this will lay the groundwork for, for more of the Asian countries easing the restrictions. Um, you know, Hong Kong, that's incredible. I also like have a lot of travelers who are wanting to go to Japan, but right now there's just so many restrictions that make it really, really, really difficult. And so I'm hoping that, you know, with, with Thailand, Vietnam, now Hong Kong, um, we start to see more movement here in that part of the world because People want to travel there and, you know, but they don't want to have to go through all the quarantine and and things like that to do it. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. I'm very excited for uh, more of Asia to start opening up. Not it's kind of been an afterthought by a lot of people and uh, even some of the media, too, is just as far as the travel experience there. Uh, Everyone has been focusing on Europe, 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 um, which, you know, this is a Europe themed uh, show, obviously, which is fine, you know, but it's just nice to see more and more of that for Asia because they definitely need you know, their tourism numbers to pick back up as well, um, as does the rest of the world. So uh, speaking of Italy, though, just real quick, as we finish up what's been trending um, over the weekend, it was just announced that the uh, first world's first Jumanji theme park attraction is actually going to open up in Italy. It'll be the first immersive Jumanji branded experience. Uh, It's set to debut April 2nd in the Gardaland Resort in Italy, which is west of Verona. Um, so this is pretty interesting. I just thought it was kind of cool. This is a Merlin Entertainments. They're going to continue to bring Jumanji experiences to its theme parks and water parks across Europe, the UK, and North America. It's going to be like a, like a water-themed ride or whatever, and it's supposed to immerse you into the land of Jumanji, which may or may not thrill some people and may fear some others. I don't, I don't know. 
I had not heard about that. So that is so funny. But my 90s baby in me is like totally into that because I loved Jumanji. So um, I'll be in Italy this summer. So maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, that would be really cool. You have to let us know how it is uh, since this will be the first one. So I love the first movie as well. And I loved the the revitalized ones too now with um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson kicking those off. So those are pretty cool. So that I just had to mention that in there because I I thought that was pretty unique as a, you know, theme park aspects outside of the ever popular Disney and universal. Good, good to see other things popping up too. So that wraps up what has been trending in the world of travel in the last week. Any additional thoughts, you can drop me an email podcast at travelpulse.com. So now we're going to jump into the theme of this week's show on Europe travel and uh, Emily. What is it like traveling to you in Europe, uh, to in in and around Europe right now? And what should our listeners know about the Europe travel scene? Yeah. So in regards to COVID in Europe, I have been responsibly traveling to Europe since last summer. And I'm actually heading to Scotland on Sunday. I'm so excited. Uh, And I want our listeners to ultimately just feel comfortable with going because once you get there, you know, it's, it's hard to explain it to clients who are nervous, but every single time I I check in with, with a client over there, you know, they realize that it's the same as, as home in the U S. And I think it's this comforting feeling you get down. And I think, um, you know, it's just important that you feel comfortable and it's, it's just so much the same as what we have here in the U S. And I think that after two years, we're all learning to live with, you know, anything that's changing on the ground at this point. And, um, I think just as long as you're continuing to take those precautions, um, you'll be so happy that you did it because it, you know, you'll, you feel so safe once you get there. Um, but I, you know, I will say that traveling to Europe and travel in general, I think still is such a personal decision for so many people, but those who are considering it this year, especially Europe, um, you know, we know that so many people are, are wanting to go, they're wanting to take the extra step. 2020, 2022, 2022 <laughs> is booming. Um, so I think my advice, if you're interested in Europe is, to hire a professional to help you go through it because I'm finding that a lot of times um, they want to go. They just aren't really sure how to navigate it, especially now. It's, it's almost like there was the reset to, to how they traveled to Europe and they're just needing like that little extra help. But um, I say go for it. Traveling in Europe is super easy. You feel very safe um, again. So it, it, seems very simple to me yeah yeah and and last year obviously there were very few crowds and i think this year right now you're probably not getting a whole lot of crowds maybe a bit more this summer but uh, obviously over the last month the news of the war with uh, russia invading Mm -hmm. ukraine has kind of impacted things a little bit there have you seen any uh, of that and from your clients as far as like uh, being extra cautious about that or canceling Mm -hmm. or anything like that yeah, you know, initially I expected a big fallout of travel to Europe for my clients or even just emails coming through about making a pivot, but I have not experienced any of that with my clients. I do think that it's very important to address that elephant in the room um, when discussing travel plans, especially with new clients um, or, or those who have maybe brought up the concern in passing. Uh, you know, there's so many places to visit around the world. And if they are feeling a little concerned, then let's pivot. Um, but I haven't seen any interest in pivoting. People are dying to go to Europe. 
And I'm thrilled for it because European properties and tour guides, um, you know, they need that support. And um, so I'm happy to see that there hasn't been a big pivot, but I think having those, those open conversations with your clients is very important. Yeah, you got to be upfront, and and if anyone brings it up, you know, definitely kind of guide them into maybe some destinations that are a little further away, or you know, present different options. But yeah, Europe travel is very accessible, and it can be done in a safe manner right now, as so many people are experiencing, uh, even right now for spring break too. And I think this summer, I I would say, like you know, six months ago, um, oh, four months ago, I guess. Yeah, my my big big prediction at the end of twenty twenty one was that. Europe would be a smash hit for summer 22 and then you know the war happened and now price hikes yeah. and all this stuff so I don't know if that'll my my early prediction will uh hold true on that but I I, I really thought that we would exceed expectations by many um and now that's tapered down a bit right now but uh, I think it's still gonna be a really big uh, summer season and and still pretty busy relatively speaking I guess not obviously not 2019 levels but it should I mean, I think the the main popular places will probably still see some pretty big crowds. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. And you know, to to your point, I think you know the there's there's a lot happening in Europe right now. But I think that it's still the demand is still so high because it's been so many years since people have been able to feel comfortable in going. Um, I think in terms of like if we're thinking destinations that people are, are eager to go to, um, you know, Italy, of course, um, it's a huge one. I'm planning a ton of it, but we also have this return to, um, you know, these urban centers. I'm getting tons of Paris, um, you know, Athens, um, South of France. Um, and I'm also getting, um, a lot of Portugal. I think, um, Portugal is kind of underrated. And I think that even last year it started to get like some more interest. And I think this year, especially, you know, I'm doing a lot of Portugal and I just feel like after this summer, like it's going to totally burst. Um, and I'm finally also starting to plan some Australia. So how exciting is that? Very exciting. Yeah. You mentioned Portugal. They were, um, we did, uh, I had a rhetoric on a press trip in 2019 and they were just kind of talking about how they really think that the destination is going to kind of go really big and, um, get a lot of interest and a lot more visitors as well. They seem to be doing a bigger marketing push and then, and then the pandemic happened. So I think that's still on that underrated, uh, spot right now, but I don't think it'll be very underrated for long. Uh, I'm with you on that. Any, any other underrated destinations out there or, uh, super hot trending ones beyond like where in Italy is really trending the most right now. Cause I know Italy is, it's been long talked about for, for a while. And I think a lot of people put that high up as well for Europe, but where, where specifically? Yeah. And it might not be, you know, I guess you could say it's underrated. Um, but Puglia it's Puglia has been, I feel like on the brink of just, exploding with tourism for the past few years. So I've, I've been to Puglia twice and I have FOMO about not going this year, but I'm also like everybody who I talk to, they're like, I'm going to Puglia. And um, it's not something that most people think of if they have never been to Italy, but Puglia is one of those destinations in Italy where if you've done Italy a few times, you go to Puglia because it's so different from any other region. Uh, you know, naturally Italy is regional um, and 
everything's so different everywhere. But um, I think Puglia is a destination that's really popping this year as well. Um, so I'm going to have FOMO for sure. I'm actually opting for Sicily this summer. Um, but I do think in, in Italy, Puglia is, is, is trending um, and perhaps was once underrated, but is now peaking. Okay. Yeah, and that's a little southern Italy there. So I've I've actually never been yeah. to Italy. It is my number one um, for Europe right now. I know, shock. I know. Uh, when I do need to plan, well, I, I will be hitting you up for sure. <laughs> yes, because it is it's my my number one Europe one. Um, I've had a lot of other things on on bucket list wise, but um, Italy is. Yeah. And I've been to Europe a few times. Different different aspects of of European travel, but have still not managed to get over to Italy yet. So that is that is high on my Italy or high on my travel wish list as as so yeah. many others as well. So definitely recommend um checking out that. That's a good recommendation for Puglia because uh yeah, not a lot of people know it. Everyone, you know, wants to hit uh Venice and Rome and yeah. you know, um the Amalfi obvious. Coast and the, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, the big ones and that's why you know Venice has had such issues with over tourism and everything because that is high on people's list and there's nothing wrong with that by any yeah. means, but yeah, definitely branch out and try to hit some of those underrated spots because there are plenty of underrated spots all throughout Europe. So, um, what about, what about some of the, the types of travel? Are you getting a lot of like groups or multi-gen families tours? I know you don't do cruising, but I know that river cruising is going pretty well in Europe right now. So what are you seeing out there in terms of the types of travel for Europe? So I'm getting a lot of delayed honeymoons, um, okay. a lot of baby moons, um, and then also larger multi-gen trips. I'm currently working with a family of 12 heading all around Italy in June because like so many people, they miss big milestone birthdays and celebrations. Um, and so for this particular trip, it was their grandmother's uh, 75th birthday. And so they're celebrating it this year. So everyone's kind of rallying around to do a fun trip. So those are the three that are really big for me right now. Okay, awesome. Yeah, myself, you know, I love cruising. I love river cruising, uh, European river waterways out there are fantastic i know you said you haven't done one yet so i'm gonna push you to to, to get that on your list for sure um yeah there's some great there's some great river cruise lines out there i really love alma waterways and uh so the, their river season river season uh is kicking back up which is great to see you know for europe they really need that they had to cancel a lot of the christmas market ones which was unfortunate because of the omicron surge so a lot of cruise options out there too especially um like greece and and italy as well you know different uh coastlines out there mediterranean cruises are big too so it's good to see they were kind of an early push out there in uh, european cruising uh, in the early going in the pandemic when they they kind of were the first to kick back with cruising and show that it could be done and can be done successfully with uh, MSC cruises was one of the big ones. I remember there was one story they they kicked people off the ship because they were following they were not following the rules. Uh, and that was like, oh man, that feels like forever ago these days. But it was yeah, a headline that like really blew up at the time because people were just so shocked that they would do that and and all this. But I'm getting off on a tangent yeah. now. But yes, um, so yes, cru cruising <laughs> is out there. Uh, multi gen too is it, I'm not surprised on that that you mentioned that just because like. Family travel is, is huge out there, but I was kind of intrigued that you said honeymooners and delayed honeymooners because I hear so much about the Caribbean and Mexico because it's easy to get to right now and then restrictions are easier and stuff. But that's really encouraging to, to know that there's still a lot of people out there who want to do Europe for their honeymoon because that's what I did. So many. I, I think people, you know, they view their honeymoons as like, you know, of course, naturally these really big trips that they might not do again. And now that Europe is kind of in reach um, and they can go, it's, I think people want to do something a bit different. They want to have that 
that diverse culture and they want like a little bit of everything. Um, you know, not saying that the Caribbean is not that. I just think that Europe has so much to offer within like a quick train ride. You can get everywhere. So um, I just think it's a little bit more intriguing for them now that uh, Europe is is kind of in a really, really good spot for COVID wise. Yeah, being able to access that. Yeah. So I do also love European train rides as well. I did my oh, first yeah. one from Amsterdam to Paris and oh. I was hooked. So I can't wait to do more yes. in the future. So mm-hmm. um, excellent. So this has been fantastic. I really appreciate it. Emily, any uh, final advice for travel advisors out there who sell Europe and uh, any wisdom you would like to share? Yeah, I think in general, I think that everyone does things a little bit differently. I think right now we're just in we're constantly needing to be flexible. Um, so I think flexibility is extremely important. Um, you know, transparency with our clients, of course, Europe has been a really tough destination to sell. Um, of course with COVID and now the devastation in Ukraine, um, it's just so unthinkable. And so I think that in that regard, it's just making sure we're being transparent and having the conversations that we would want someone to have with us about planning these really big trips at the end of the day. Um, you know, we need to be the best partners to our clients, ensure that they're having the best trip because that's all that matters. Uh, so just transparency and flexibility. It's kind of a theme. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Great advice out there. Appreciate it so much, Emily. Anything you want to uh, plug here at the end, website, social media handles, emails, anything you uh, go for it. Yeah. Um, to reach me, you guys can follow me on Instagram. It's just Emily Berlanti. Uh, my website is vitaberlanti.com. And if you have any questions, shoot me an email at emily at vitaberlanti.com. And I look forward to seeing you guys and hearing from you. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Emily. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks, Eric. Thanks again to Emily for joining me on today's show and talking all things trending travel and the travel scene in Europe right now. All great advice there. Really appreciated it. If you'd like to be on the show sometime, podcast at travelpulse.com is the email. Reach out to me and let me know what you're all about, what you specialize in, and we can see if we can work something out for the future as the next few shows are already lined up. we got some exciting guests coming up. I'm really excited about, so be sure to tune in to future episodes. If you've enjoyed the show at all, I'd love it for you to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, folks, and have a great week. 